What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. I have a treat for everybody today. I've got Todd with me. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about who you are, what you do. All right. Thanks for having me on, first off. um, I do... A lot of a, a little bit of a lot, I guess. I'd yeah, say. Like, yeah. Anywhere from um, I've uh, been in Charleston since so four, and kind of always been into fitness. You know, played football in college and briefly professionally, and I got into the fire department here, and always on the side. One of the one of the one I didn't want to do the court. I knew I couldn't do corporate America. Join the club, and, me. Either. You know, yeah. yeah so yeah. love the idea, of the camaraderie, and everything in the fire department. And then when you're like twenty, that was. 24 maybe at that time you think man it's pretty cool to be 24 on 48 off it gives you a lot of freedom right yep. so i always did fitness stuff on the side i did uh resistance band classes at musc at the wellness center and then it just it always progressed to something else like i would do the uh once we got a little more into uh a more all-inclusive um all-encompassing recruit class where we had a big fitness aspect i was like head of our recruit fitness on my days off the fire department and it always just kind of kept me in fitness and kept me kind of trying yeah. to learn new things, trying to see what works for me, what works for other people. And fast forward, shoot, what is it? 2019. Oh, man, I can't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. Yeah, yeah. right? It sounds like a made-up year. But, <laughs> really. but um, and now I like mostly train athletes, like young athletes around here. It's just evolved from um, doing fitness stuff. And then, like, I always have always been interested in why we do things, you know, like why oh, we squat, we bench, we do this in football, especially. And it's kind of like, why that doesn't necessarily like from a, I'm kind of a cautionary tale where I'm like, I was a 500 pound bencher at one point and I've got a shoulder. I can't lift my hand over my, my arm over my head where I'm like, well, I'll doing everything right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was also one of those guys that if you're like, Hey, you know what, let's, uh, you know, we'll bench on Monday, Thursday and better take a few days off. I was like, well, if that's good three or four days, a week's better. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things, just kind of a, the typical like meathead type guy I was a gym rat. I was always in the weight room and loved it. Love lifting weights. I loved it. But you, you kind of, as you get older, you're like, boy, I, I worked hard. I didn't work smart, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of would love to help kids avoid that, you know, as a, as a, you know, pursue a career in football, want to get to play college football, uh, try and get them to focus a little more on movement, get them to bridge the weight room to the field. So that's where I'm at now on the fitness side of things. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good. That's a good place to be. Like learn yeah. from my mistakes. Exactly. You know, I'm exactly. like you said a cautionary tale. And then, yeah. You know that sometimes can drive a lot of buy-in because I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know this. Like by far, it's still the conventional wisdom of the more I do, sure. the stronger I'm yeah. going to be. And and we just at this point know for a fact that like mm. rest is so sure. central. And there's also, there's an optimal strength level. Like, you know, once you hit a certain level, I don't know the exact, you know, it's a little different for everybody, yep. 
But me personally, I'm like, okay, once I was benching 385 pounds and squatting close to 600 pounds, I was strong enough. I needed to work on different different things, you know, mobility and uh, flexibility, stuff like that, to try and get it all to an optimal level. But it's not – the football player brain is not wired that way. It's like, you know, it's always – I can – it's a big lifting. It's a – the culture is you're in the weight room, not, you know, nine months a year to play a three-month season. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, – you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, and I think they've gotten way smarter in the last sure. 15 years, how they're training guys, but it's still, uh, you know, when I see injuries and stuff, I'm like, man, I wonder if these guys are a little too powerful for their own good. It sounds kind of crazy, but yep. part of me is like, man, I don't know if, if that's good to be that powerful in certain movements. And then you put your body in a compromising position and you're generating so much force, something's got to give, you know, mm-hmm. usually it's a me, you're seeing more, um, non-contact ACLs all like throughout um, the preseason football. You're like, how the heck are we, you know, you got they all generate this. so much force. Yeah. Right? To me that, I mean, that's what makes sense to me. And they're training. Like, you know, you look at like my dad is, he had a little article in the, I didn't even know about it. And, um, he had an op-ed piece about um, retirement benefits for NFL players. And he played through the seventies and I knew a little, you know, I know all this stuff, but it, when you see it in writing, you hear it that like he was in 1973, he was, um, drafting the first round, his first contract was like 22,000, 24, like his first four, it was five years, it was 22, 24, 26, 28, 30. That was made. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that it crazy? was first round pick. Yeah. So he worked, so he, he worked at the sheriff's department, uh, some, and he worked as a loan officer in the offseason. So here's as an all pro. It'd be like going into the bank and Cam Newton is cashing your check. You know, you'd be like, what is going on here? Right. But it's kind of brings me to the training aspect. It was like, well, you needed the preseason to get back in shape. You sat behind a desk. Well, now it's like you're training year round. So it's like, you gotta, it's not the same mentality of like, you don't, in my opinion, you don't need two days and all that. You're an optimal, you're in an optimal physical peak condition mm-hmm. almost all the time. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. And then it's like, so why do we need to, you know, why do we need to, to load up on that? Everybody's in great shape when they get there. Yeah. Even at the high school level, it's year round. Like they're doing spring ball and they're, lifting and running all summer even at my age we didn't we had open gym you you know they'd be like hey go in the weight room and lift that was it or go play basketball something like that but it wasn't organized yeah we talk about that in the rehab world a lot like Uh there's a certain i call about dosage so i can i can i like to dose things appropriately so there's Mm -hmm. a maximum there's a minimum effective dosage and there's also a maximum effective dosage so like if you tip over that line then you get more inflammation. Sure. You get more swelling, right? I want to. I want to get an adaptation response. I want to get you stronger. I want to rebuild your, you know, your ligaments or your muscles if you're coming back. But mm-hmm. if I load it too much, what happens? Like yeah, right. Things yeah. break down because uh-huh. what's strength, right? Strength is muscles break down. They rebuild yeah. stronger, mm-hmm. and you can do that a certain number of times in mm-hmm. a certain window until, man, yeah, things start to drop off. Sure. Yeah. Or just like beating your body up for. Yeah. You can do that maybe for a couple months, but you need to like, you know, I remember reading one thing where like, you need to take sometimes an entire week off from working out. Mm-hmm. And it's and hard. To, I don't think I've ever done that. In my neither life. have I. Just not so like, I can't do it. Yeah. So like lazy. Yeah. But it's because I think it's because you're wired to think that way. Like, man, and they always get you with the thing, you know, you think, well, if you're taking a day off, I'm sure the guy I'm playing against isn't taking a day off, you know, or it's yeah. Yeah. the whole Dan Gable, you know, you ever remember Dan Gable, the wrestler, mm-hmm. the, like famous guy yeah. uh, in Iowa. And, uh, you know, he'd say, oh, they asked him what his favorite day was, and he said Christmas. And like, oh, why? He likes the holiday. He's like, no, because I know most people are taking a day off, and I'm going to outwork them on that day. Where yeah. it's, 
but you know, it's, it's kind of, it comes at a price eventually, you know, yeah. you, you get to be my age, I'm 40 and I'm like paying for it a little bit. And granted I had acute injuries. I had injuries, but I feel like I was predisposed to those because yeah. of the way I trained my body. Why do you think we can't take that mentality away? Like that's such a good point. Like, even for myself, I, like just take a day off. Like part of it I think is the stress level. Like I like to work out. Exactly. Yeah, stress. Yeah. yeah I until do, like, yeah. you know, and it's also just easy. I like to like, you know, throw and do some cleaning jerks and like mm-hmm. do a, you know, a Metcon and CrossFit. Like I just feel good after that. It doesn't necessarily feel good just to like, you know, maybe a bad example, but like do a yoga class or spend yeah. 30 minutes doing mobility work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't right. Matter. I don't know. It's Maybe some primal thing. In our yeah, brain. that's why. You know, like know. it's just so funny, but it's definitely across the board. And you're right. Like, what was correct in the '50s, '60s, '70s is it just cannot apply now yeah. because we have access to more equipment. We're lifting more weight. Like, sure. it's almost like we've tipped the scales and now need to, yeah, probably do less. Yeah, I, and I don't, you know, because it's, you can look at it both ways. You, you know, everybody. I don't think Tom Brady's a great example because everybody, wow, well, Tom Brady's performing at forty. And he's the, to me, he's the best quarterback in the league. But what they ask him to do physically is not that demanding. You know, he very seldom gets hit. He never runs. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm like, well, he's – it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I look at somebody like Manny Pat. I'm a big boxing guy. When I see a boxer like uh, Bernard Hopkins, you ever have you ever heard of Bernard Hopkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like most people are, but boxing's kind of not a popular sport. Not much anymore, yeah. But when Mayweather like, and Pacquiao. Like, yeah, it, yeah. But Pacquiao just fought. He's 40 years old. And he looked great. And he's fast. And he's – you know, where it's, I think he's learned a lot how to, they learn to take time off. And it's, you know, I think it's different than in the seventies. You know, those guys, Muhammad Ali was probably fighting four or five times a year. If you go back to the forties, somebody like Sugar Ray Robinson was fighting two, three times a month where, you know, now it's once, twice a year. Yeah. You really recover. So yeah, you're going to have longevity in that. that that's kind of a different example because it's a, it's a individual. No, it makes sense. Like, but you're like, how, how's Bernard Hopkins winning world titles at 46, 48? I think one one at 48 years old. That's great. And he looks fast. It wasn't like he was, it was a fluke and he, he got lucky and fought somebody mm-hmm. who wasn't a good fighter. He was still at his peak. And it's like, man, that's, he's doing something right. And his diet and he stays in shape, but he takes, you know, it's, it's learning how to take time off and all that. It's gotta be in my opinion. Yeah. It's switching but, that mindset too. We talk a lot, a lot about this with our patients is like switching the mindset of like the here and now to like, all right, how are you going to feel in 50 years? Yeah. And that's, why, that's impossible to, that's so hard. Dude, I, like right. perfect example is I had my knee scoped when I was 20, oh man, I was 21, 20 or 21. And I had like a big bucket handle tear, just mm-hmm. like, you know, got hit and hyperextended it. Yep. And they bring you in there and they show you what it is. I like got a big tear here. Now we can repair it. And that's what we need to do. We should do that, but you're going to be out like three, four months or we can trim it out and see how it goes. And you probably be running in a week. And I didn't even leave the office. I said, go ahead and set the appointment. I got yeah. trimmed out of, you know, where you're like, what? Are, and we back in with no brainer. It even, was a no brainer. But yeah. I mean, I got to me, I, I would not ask a 21 year old who loves football. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him that choice. I'd say, I'm sorry. You're not going to like this, but when you're 40, I don't want you coming in here. And your knee bothering you if I can do something about it. But it's that's easier said than done. I loved our trainer, and I don't blame him at all. But he's also got a job, too. He's going to get hear it from other people if somebody's out on the field. So it's tough. But, yeah, that's it. like when I, I'm like, what a dummy. Like, why would I Why would I do that? And that's the mentality of a 20, 20-year-old guy, I guess. Right, right. But, and, you know, it bothers me now. And I'm like, that was, that was pretty damn stupid. Right. Like, why would I do that? But at the time, it was like, 
there was that would have crushed me. I didn't right. want to be out three months, four months. It sounded yeah. horrible. That was like the worst thing I could have heard. And as soon as he said, oh, you, you "Here's know, the other option," here's the other option. Trim it out, and, I yeah. t- and then I ended up getting. Uh, it was horrible. I ended up getting a baker cyst on my knee, where it's like you know the back of my knee. Is oh yeah, just blue wear and tear. Yeah, and that yeah. was crazy and at the time. And Duke University is great now, but we had a guy at the time. I'm not going to name any names, but there's some bad things that happened. Um, orthopedic wise. So I had this cyst in the back of my knee and I go back to the guy who did my, my meniscus surgery. He says, well, we'll just cut that out and it should be fine. And I'm kind of like, that doesn't, even if I wasn't a medical, but even to me, I'm like, that makes sense. For yeah. some reason, my knee's generating a ton of the synovial fluid. There's something not, yeah. not good. Right. All Let's was, fix the problem. Yeah, just right. keep cutting it out. So yeah. they cut it out and then I go out and I'm running two days later and I Two thought, days. Yeah, later. I was. At, it might have been longer. Maybe it was a week. But Either anyway, way. But like, I, I, no, yeah. I take that back because I was in. They did put me in it, like immobilize it for like a week. But okay. then it was like ride the bike. And I was like, man, if you feel good, go. So I'm doing, you know, seven on seven and stuff. And I thought I tore my calf. I came walking like off the field, like man, I'm. I think I tore my calf, and it was not. It was just fluid was going into my calf at such a rate. My calf went up to. I had took like 220 cc's out of my calf every game. Or just like, just to get through it. Just a, yeah, and it's like you weren't playing well. And you're like, why? Why am I not playing well? Well, you have fluid. Like, yeah, yeah. And then your muscles can't contract properly. Exactly. And it's nerdy, just, but yeah. You know, we kind of got on a tangent on that, but it's just you know one of those things where you're like, well, not yeah. always. You know, you don't always do the best thing for you at 20 years old, where you need people to be an advocate for you, like you said, think what, how you're going to be when you're 50, but that's, yeah, that's an awfully hard thing to do. Yeah. You know? We deal with it even now. I mean, even people, we just take an example of an older individual, let's say they have a rotator cuff tear or something like that, and they can go get it surgically worked on. Yeah. Or it's like, Hey, sure. We can get it better, but it's going to be six months of rehab. Yeah. We need to do all these things. It's going to, it's more than likely going to slowly get better, but there's no guarantee. Yeah. That's a really hard thing for me sure. to sell somebody than to a surgeon who says, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do these yeah. couple things. I'm anchored down. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Like that's, that's always going to be a tougher sell. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it, yeah. And it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just interesting. We're definitely, <clears throat> I think we're leaning more towards that. Now people are kind of understanding that, if you can avoid surgery, sure. even if it sounds amazing, long term there are yeah. some effects there. Sure, um, just like any medication, like there's yeah. just going to be sure. some effects. Yeah. Um, to anything. Well, that's that's awesome. So, um, just to get more of your your story, mm-hmm. so you played football where originally? Okay, like, I played at Duke. Like, so okay. I played at Duke, um, and then um, I was getting recruited. At, uh, my dad was coaching at Liberty. My dad played football and then was a coach. So he was coaching at Liberty University in Lynchburg. And I got recruited at Duke and committed there. And he ended up getting the offensive line job there. So we ended up going there together, kind of. We're cool. close. And it, yeah. was, it was cool. Um, but long story short, you know, I was there. So I redshirted, but then I started for three years. What position did you play? I was, I was play? a linebacker. Okay. And I was a captain my junior year. And we had got a new coach, and he and my dad really butted heads. And it was just a bad, just a bad situation. Sure. He ended up firing my dad, which something had to change. I mean, in hindsight, I'm you know, obviously at 21, you're upset about it. But when I look back, I'm like, no, something, one of them had to go. It was that bad type of thing. Mm -hmm. So once he got fired, I was kind of like, man, I don't know how good a situation this will be for me if I stay here. It could be, I don't know, the guy could bench. I don't know. He was kind of, to be honest, and I'm, again, I'm not going to name names, but he's kind of a vindictive guy where I'm like, I'm not going to put this in his hands. 
Yeah. So I was graduating. So I was like, well, I got a fifth year. I ended up, and at that time, used to have to play down. Like, so I graduated from Duke and I had one year eligibility left. And I played at Hofstra University my fifth year. Used to be like now, I would have been a graduate transfer now and I could have gone anywhere I wanted. But then you had to transfer down a division. So you oh, transfer yeah. down a division. That's what yeah. you mean. So it used know to be like, had, yeah. Okay. So it used to be like 1AA now. It's like FCS, whatever. Wow. So it would be like the Citadel. Like I, if I were at Clemson, then I could go to the Citadel or I could go to Wofford or something like You know, yeah, you yeah. couldn't code laterally. Yeah. So then I went there and I ended up um, signing with the Colts after that and went through camp there and originally hurt my did my second shoulder injury was there. And um, just one of those things, it's, uh, it was weird. Like when I think back of it, I heard it in the third, third preseason game and went in the RCA, it used to be the RCA dome and had some x-rays and some, some uh, scans or whatever done in there. And the, the team doctor was like, well, you, you obviously you sublocked your shoulder and I can see you chip some of the humerus off. Dislocated. Yeah. But it was, yeah, but like pop back in. Yep. And uh, he says, well, and I was a free agent. I was, but I, I got close to making the team. And he said, well, and this it's kind of, yeah, I said, he said, well, you, you know, what, I said, what can I do? Oh, well, what, he said, well, you can just quit. You want to quit? And I was like, you know, kind of like sat there in silence. Yeah. I thought he was joking. And I'm like, no, I don't want to quit. You know, yeah. well, I wasn't being treated like I, if I were first or second round pick, I would have been handled differently. Sure. And he ended up giving me a Toradol shot, which, have you ever heard of Toradol? It's like in the it was on the painkiller kind of thing. It's a painkiller, but I mean it was there was lawsuits about it, and, and it was crazy because I lawsuits in the NFL about it because it was such a powerful masking it where literally I couldn't you know I showered after the game with one hand, and I t- got a Toradol shot. I practiced two days later, and I felt symptom. I felt great. I felt good. So I got released, and I got released late at night, which was kind of weird. We had already broken camp. And it was right down to like, there were only five more cuts being made. I was one of the final cuts mm-hmm. and being an idiot. And they, I probably played right into the, <laughs> I got released at like 1130 at night. And they said, you know, how's your shoulder? Uh, you know, you kind of go through this whole exit thing, turning your playbook, turning your stuff. And I'm like, feels pretty, you know, feels pretty good. And they kind of play on that. Like, well, you know, you got a lot of good film. Somebody might pick you up immediately. You know, like, well, if I'm, you know, so you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. Of so course you're they're like, well, come, you know, you want to take your exit physical tomorrow, come back in. And I didn't. I left right there on the spot. I, I When I'm talking about what I've done with injuries, yeah. I'm like, boy, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, so, you didn't have a lot of guidance, though. Yeah, either, exactly. Right? So, yeah. so I drove drove home and I never thought twice about it. Um, at the time that NFL Europe, I don't know if you remember, NFL Europe was almost yeah. like, it's kind of like AAA baseball unless you go in the spring. And my agent at the time was like, oh, you play in Europe. And, you know, you get good film there. Somebody will pick you back up. You know, you had a decent camp. And I'm like, all right. So I'm just wait, kind of waiting at home. And a couple of teams called me in. Nobody really signed. The Panthers brought me in. I think so. I can't remember if the Bills did that year or another year. Like, I'd get a few. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting at home at my parents' house. And the Carolina Cobras call, which is the arena football team. Yep. And they're like, hey, you want, you know, maybe we'll sign you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I drive down Is there. Play and it's, yeah, sure. Just play football. And, uh it's a um, totally different deal. Like you're, you know, you're kind of, they're like, Hey, you got to sign a release and we're going to, you're going to practice today and we'll evaluate through practice. So I sign a release. I go in for, I'm playing like a defensive end type position. I just batted the ball down. All I did got through a ball. I batted it down. I dislocated my shoulder, but like back, you know, so my arms like, hey, you can't see my pots, but my arms like this. Yeah. Up like, red, like you're blocking. Yeah, so dislocated yeah. this way. And I'm like, 
whoa, like it freaked me out because I hadn't even thought it was that bad. And then from there, that just was where it all started. To, I probably dislocated five, six times. Yeah. From there on through NFL Europe. Trying to play through it. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when I in the fire department, I felt great for probably eight, maybe eight years. And then uh, it progressively, all it was like one day a guy threw me a towel or something. And then we were washing the truck, he threw me a towel. And I caught it funny. It was like, that felt weird. And it kind of never got back to normal after that. So hmm. I ended up leaving the fire department because of it. Okay. And uh, then I got heavier into training kids and everything else, kind of being like, what, what the heck am I going to do with the rest of my, you know, I retired from the fire department at, you know, 36 years old or something like that. Yep. So that kind of brought me more into the training, but it's still like, it made me question a lot. Like, well, what did I do wrong training? Cause I always thought I was training hard. I was, I was training hard, but I always, now my kind of mentality is that we got to make sure I try to train kids in a way that is going to keep them safer, keep them moving better. That is, um, I'm trying to think of it. I always tell them certain things, but, um, yeah, just balance, right? Yeah, yeah. balance, but it, it's more, um, I'll come back to it. It'll pop in my head. There's always like a little saying I say, I mean, it usually makes sense to him as a, you know, even as a high school kid. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you've heard the weight room Tarzan, gridiron Jane type thing, you know, like it's because I was saying, why, why do you lift weights and why do you, why do you work out? And they usually say, you know, to, they're kind of stumped a little bit, like, mm-hmm. well, to get stronger. I'm like, yeah, you know, you want to get stronger, but you want to be, you want to perform better, right? Yeah. You want to have better performance. And I try and find a way to bridge that weight room to the field for them that might be more mobility stuff and getting away from a little bit of the traditional lifting, which is, you know, it's, and I'm, I would never crap on that. I think it definitely has its place and it's important. There's kids yeah. a great foundation, but um, you also have to mix that with the functional stuff or right. it's kind of, you're never going to get the optimum result from it. Right. It shouldn't be the sole focus. Like yeah. But uh, yeah. And I feel like it is sometimes where it's like, yeah. we lift, we lift, you know, I want to squat lift. as much as I can to play football. I'm not like squatting as much as I can just to squat as much as I can. Exactly. And it's, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. But you just see the combine too. It's like, sure. what do they focus on the most? It's usually. Yeah. It's the 40 and the 225. Yeah. And the 225. Yeah. Like that is by far the highlight that yeah. people talk about the most. Sure. You know and, I mean? don't get me, and it shows guys that are freakish athletes, but you can also, every year there's somebody at the combine that kind of isn't really on the radar because it wasn't that productive a player. What, like to me, if they had the draft now, as opposed to April, it'd be a different draft. Not all the, you know, some of the major guys would go, but there'd be guys that would be like, dang, that guy was just productive. He's just a good football player. And then he goes to the combine and he's not as eye popping. You know, you look yeah. at Tom, look at Tom Brady. You ever see his 40 that he ran? He ran like a five, three, like he literally ran out of gas on his 40. Like he, he slowed down at like 35 yeah. yards. So if you and he went to the sixth round, where I'm like, yeah, the guy had a great college career. He's right. probably the best to ever play the game. But if you went on the combine, yeah. you'd be like, there's no way this guy can play. Yeah, is there that one to one correlation about how much you can bench or squat? Sure, you know yeah, what I mean that you're going to be yeah. the best player. Like probably, typically not. It's yeah, more of sure. a middle road player who focuses, yeah. like you said, a little bit on everything rather than just oh, yeah. just one solid thing. Yeah, and with you know with kids, I just try to say like, okay, you know, when we squat, you know, we're, we're basically we're loading in a vertical, you know, plane that we're going to press straight vertically. We never really play that way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, any sport, really. The only correlation I can think that you're really doing that much is if you're blocking a ball at the net in volleyball or if you're directly under the basket in basketball, jump for rebound. Sure. But even in basketball, when you're going up to shoot a ball, you're never jumping up. You're jumping out and up. Yep. Right? So the force is totally different. You're pushing the ground away from you behind you as opposed to directly underneath you. And it's like a lot of the movement stuff I do with kids is trying to just get them to understand 
where they want to apply force. You know, if they want to move laterally, well, they better push the ground to the left or right, you know, and a lot of them tend to be up on their toe and push straight up where it's like, well, you're losing, you're powerful, but you're just powerful in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that strength conditioning piece, obviously it's there to get a base level strength. You're hoping for a reduction in the risk of injury. Sure. There's definitely a lot of data out there, but it's definitely not specific to a sport. And so you're kind of saying, here's like your base strength conditioning base. Great. Work on that base, get to a certain point. But after that, a lot of time and energy should yeah. go on being just overall good athlete. Sure. You know, like that even comes down to, which I'm curious to have your thoughts of like early sports specialization yeah. too. Like usually yeah. some people who are some of these higher level athletes paid like six or seven different sports. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? And move their body in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. You know, do you see a soul lot of that? Well, I mean, I'd be like cut my nose off to spite my, you know, if I'm like, hey, I don't believe in training kids early. Like because some parents are like, is eight too young to train? And I'm kind of like. Well, that's what I do. So I can't, I'm not going to tell you no, but like the way I justify it is too, I got four little girls and they're in the public schools in Berkeley County. They're great. They get one day of PE a week. That's it. So I'm like, well, they're not even getting to move near like, and it makes me, I'm like, man, I sound like an old man being like, Hey, when I was a kid, but literally when I was 10, I'd ride my bike to the pool. I'd play ping pong, tennis, swim in the pool. And we play home run derby or two hand touch football where I'm like, man, I was doing a so many different mm-hmm. skill sets like hand eye and reaction different ways and you know just that there were i don't think the kids are getting that anymore just yeah. on a day-to-day by playing basketball and dodgeball and everything like you know once a week so when i train a kid that young i'm like hey i'm not going to train them on much specific stuff just on movement like you know teaching them how to start and stop efficiently and trying to create force to change direction same thing where it's not you know you're not way out like, you know, getting their foot outside their frame and all this different stuff that just, they should naturally learn it. And it's sometimes they're not where I'm getting kids who are high school athletes that are unbelievable athletes. But then if I like things that you would take for granted, like here, I was making jump rope for like a minute or two when we start a session. If I'm at, if I'm not out on the field, if I'm indoors, I'll make them jump rope just to be like, it's a cool thing to see that like, it's, it should be simple where you can have a conversation with me and jump over rope and jump over it enough don't jump kind of like this one the boxer kind of mentality yeah exactly yeah. but but just that it's like you can close your eyes and you know the rope is some some proprioception it's a body awareness that it's like you take it for granted where i'll get kids that are like great athletes and then they feel stupid i'm like i'm not trying to make you feel stupid well it's just yeah. they never done it and i'm yeah. like that should be something that it should be so it should be second nature to you to be able to just naturally do these things a little bit yeah and it's not because they never done it before. And I'm like, I don't know when I learned to jump rope. I could, if you told me, hey, when did you learn to jump rope? I'm like, I'm, jump rope for heart, man. Who you knows? I, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was. I do remember that. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know when I learned to jump rope. And I just always did it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, now when I get a kid, none of them can like interesting jump an inch off the ground and clear a rope. They jump a foot and a half off the ground yeah. and land like this oh, where I'm like, man, the, like land soft and just, just relax. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's not. Not to anybody's fault, but it proves a point that it's like, well, they never learned to move these. These are, to me, they're kind of basic movements to be athletic and yeah, it's not taught. And then all of a sudden they're fantastic athletes. And then you ask them to do something you would think are is pretty mundane or pretty easy. Right. And they struggle. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Right. You know? So you kind of expose them to a lot of different things. Yeah. And that's something sure. different. When I think early sports specialization, I feel yeah. like somebody who's just, oh, all they're, they're doing yeah, is playing yeah. games year round in one sport and just like, you know, 
training is a, di- is a different thing, especially when you're training people intelligently, yeah. which you already are because you're doing it through the lens of health and fitness. Oh, yeah. You're doing it through the lens of like, how strong can I get this yeah. kid? How, you know, of course you're trying to get them stronger. Of course you're sure. trying to get them faster. Of course you're trying to get them more motivated, mm. but you're doing it again through the lens of like, I want to do what's best for this kid. Sure. Healthy, yeah. learn new skills. Yeah. Like, you know, work on mobility stuff, yeah. not just, yeah. Well, and technique, like fo- football is such a, you know, that I never, once I started getting into training kids and I'm, I'm like, I can't with concussion stuff and everything else. I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't teach it exactly how I learned it because I learned to put my head in an awful lot. I put my, my face in. Trial and error, right? Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to tell a kid to lead with his head. I kind of led with my head an awful lot. Yeah. Um, so I find out this, um, I can't remember how I actually met him, but there's a guy named Scott Peters. Well, I'll always mention him whenever, if anybody listens to this and their kid plays football, he has a thing called um, Tip of the Spear. It's, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's thetipofthespear.com or if you just Google Tip of the Spear. Yeah. I'll link Scott, to it in the show. Okay. His yep. name's Scott Peters. And um, his story is really cool. Like he, um, real brief, like a rundown of it. He played at Arizona State and he played like five years, five or six years in the NFL. But he was injured one year and was out for a year. During that year, he like randomly walked into a jujitsu place, was just kind of trying to change up his training a little bit. And he was getting thrown around by, smaller guys that knew they, they kind of had a skill set for contact, initiating contact and all that stuff. And in football, it's a lot of hit them hard, hit them hard. And it's like, well, how can I create force efficiently and protect myself? And it, it's a skill set. It's not something that you just go out and do. It's like boxing. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. you can't go out and box somebody and have bad. If you have poor technique, you're going to get knocked out by a smaller, better, you know, just a better a guy with better techniques going to win. Right. Same in football, like especially at the high school level, if you have superior technique as a team, you're going to beat teams a lot because Even it's not athletically taught. Superior. Exactly. It's not taught. And it's, it's uh, the whole point I was getting to with Scott is like, I learned a technique. I never learned it as a player ever. Just stuff with little small things you can do with hand placement about playing long, playing with leverage with your hips and having a good hip extension. And a lot of kids struggle with that. Like they think all their power, you know, comes from they'll throw their arms, they'll load their arms. And it's, they don't, it's the concept of your hips drive your hands. It's, it's technique. It is not. That's a lot of, that's big in Olympic grade. Yeah, too. exactly. You know it's a yeah, exactly. So, stuff, which, so, yeah, they can move a lot of weight, but I see like zero hip extension. To sure. Exactly. And players. it's uh, with football players. Yeah. They have a really hard time. Yeah. Just Basically uh, the upright row. Sure. The upright row. Pounds. And, like, how yeah, they that? muscle it. Exactly. That's amazing. And it's amazing. Exactly. You know, like, but, you're amazed, but then you're like, man, if, if you know. How do you could do if you had hip extension? So, you know, learning how to hip hinge and stuff like that is huge for a kid because yep. if you can't hip, hip hinge and basically coil your hips, you can't uncoil them to deliver any force. But Scott's stuff, he consults every team in the NFL. Not every team, but like he consults probably half the NFL. And he's such a cool guy because he's very grassroots. And we did a camp here this summer. And I think we did it like, it was like 58 bucks a kid or something. It was something very affordable that he, he genuinely was like, man, I just... I'm not going to go because I was like, well, he was just with the Colts like the week before. And he was like, you know, it's great and all. And be like, yeah, I was with the Colts uh, doing their camp. He's like, but I'm not going to tell an eight-year pro to change his technique at that point in his life because right. stick with what's working. You're in a, you're the lead of the game. What you're doing is working. a year to relearn Exactly, to learn it. So he's like, man, we got to teach this at the youngest. Because yeah. the game of football is kind of under attack and rightfully slow. so with injury, not just head injuries but all the other injuries – if you can have technique that, that protects you a little bit, but the cool thing about it is it's superior technique. 
And the safety is just the byproduct of having mm-hmm. the good technique. It's yeah, because like, if your joints are stacked, you're going to be more powerful. You're more you're powerful. Be more and if you, yeah, if you're able to extend your hips and you're able to deflect a guy's power upward rather than like two bowls hitting heads, right? Yeah. Like that's like an immovable force. You just it, it's it's really cool, and it's like once you learn it, and the light goes off of the kid. And the cool thing is very demonstrable, where you can say to a smaller kid, "You can lift me off my feet if you if you load your hips." And, and you're able to extend and lift me upward, not pushing me back. And it's uh, it's cool because the light bulb goes off and it's like by improving their technique, they improve like immediately. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, we got to get you strong. Uh, and then you get them stronger, stronger obviously, it's going to be more optimal. But if you're like, you're doing this, you know, this is a bad habit. You're doing this thing. Let's change just this technique and you'll see improvement like from rep to rep. And it's awesome. And his, his stuff is – um. Like he, I'm like a sponge. Like I watch his videos over and over to make sure I'm learning it and teaching it correctly. Cause he doesn't really certify people. Cause he's like, cause I was like, Hey man, I want to fly out to Phoenix and get certified. He's like, I don't certify because there's no quality control in that with what I'm teaching. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very specific. And I don't want you to get a certificate and be out teaching it and not teaching the right stuff. You know what I mean? It's, sure. And usually so, the people that do that, unfortunately, you see, well, it's doing it for money, not necessarily. Well, and you have to do it. Yeah. You know, everybody's got to make a living. But sure. that's, I think Scott probably did pretty well in the NFL where he's in a position where he's doing it um, more for just to protect the game of football. And right. it's, it's awesome stuff. It's really cool. And there are things that I'm like, I would have never in a million years thought that. And you can feel it immediately when you try it. You're like, I feel a difference. You feel yeah. more power. You're, you're not exerting as much and it's, it's really cool and it's safer. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, man, I'd be, um, but my whole point was I never, I never learned that technique till 15 years after I played football. Mm-hmm. And now that's what I teach because it's superior. So it's a, to me, we always have that mindset there, you know, if it didn't broke, don't fix it. I get that. But if it's like, well, head injuries are big deal in football. And well, the first thing I think was, well, how do you teach it better? Where that doesn't, you know. And that's how you get buy-in. That's how we exactly. get buy-in too with our yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, I, can we make you faster? Maybe we can get your squat like up yeah. 10 pounds. But like, what would you do if I can work on technique? Exactly. And it's I can like make the this Holy Grail's performance. 60% exactly. yeah. difference as opposed to, okay, I could focus on getting your squat better, but it's going to be a 10% difference. I yeah, exactly. This, and that's and it's funny you said that. Yeah. Scott had a big thing. Like, hey, if you get your whole football team 50% better in the weight room, you know, if they get 50% stronger, they're going to win 50% more games? Probably not. If you get their technique 50% better, it's going to be an exponential mm-hmm. change in the in the game. You know, it's it's and it's cool too because he's a freakish athlete. Like he was like a national jujitsu champ after like one or two years. Yep. Nobody could do what he does, and if you you know people who go look at him now, he's kind of a physical freak. And when I was first buying into this stuff, I'm be like, man, I think Scott's just a great athlete, and he's making this look easy. And then he'll have film on there of some of the high school kids he's trained and they're using the techniques and they're, they're killing people with technique. It's nothing more than, you know, people bull rush, you know, in high school people bull rush you. It's, it's a natural thing. Like it's just aggression, but it's not controlled aggression. Mm-hmm. And they'll just step back and they'll, they'll put the guy right on his face because they're taking where he wants to go and his, his head's way out in front of his body. He doesn't have any power, doesn't have any control. <laughs> it's, it's, like, easy. Wa- it's easy. It yeah. is. And when you watch it, you're like, whoa, this is. Like when I watch them, like if I had a team that I'd be doing this, that's yeah. all I teach them. Yeah, I would teach them this. And I, what I couldn't remember for a, like a while back yep, yep. is like I feel like a lot of times we all get like great at bad habits, and that's like the worst thing in the world. Like I remember watching a, a basketball game like years ago, and Shaquille O'Neal was like probably one of the worst 
free throw. Th- he's probably top five worst free throw shooters mm-hmm. in NBA history. Yep. And the commentators were talking about it. He missed like five in a row and they looked terrible. And the one commentator said, well, you know, Shaq shoots, uh, you know, he shoots over a hundred a day. He should be getting better. And the other guy said, well, he shoots him wrong. He's getting worse, you know? And I see it with kids where I'm like, okay, if we're doing this repetitive movement, like, and I use a bench press a lot because don't get me wrong. It's good for getting your strength, but it's a, not a very functional, you know, if, if you're a football player and your hands are out way outside, like you would to traditionally grip a barbell, well, your chest is like any good player, your chest is where I'm trying to block you. I'm going to hit you in the chest. Mm-hmm. So if you're not down the middle with your hands and protecting your body and your elbows aren't tucked in, you know, keeping your center protected, it's counterproductive because you get, you, you kind of revert, like you default to that, that press mentality. And it's like, man, if, if somebody's real good with their hands, they, they'll destroy you on technique. And then, and then you get frustrated and it's, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and the stronger you get, one of those not things. Help but all, yeah. But yeah. I'm like, like with kids, I'm always like, man, we can't, we can't get good at bad habits. We got, you know, we got to get, you know, then it's hard to break that, you know, then it's like, man, if you've been doing that for 10 years and I'm going to ask you to do something else, it's tough. So just little things I'm always, you know, making kids when we do a punch, you know, any kind of stuff. I do a lot of scat push-ups where they're able to play with length. Like, you know, you see kids do push-ups mm-hmm. that they never extend all, you know, it's always like three quarter extension oh, of the man, push-up, the right? And yeah. in the bench press, we do it too. Pull-ups, whatever. Don't whatever it is, extended. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, man, you, when you punch and you don't, you're not getting all that length, you're losing a lot of your power at the end of it, but it's just, a, it's a terrible yeah. habit. It's and funny, then, those, and then it becomes what you do. You do yeah. it all the time. Those things link up too. Like usually, when you talk about optimal performance, the um, reduction in the risk of injury usually falls into the same category. Mm-hmm. Like going into full extension in a push-up is much healthier mm-hmm. than it would be if you kept your elbows bent. Yeah, right. Sure. It's just yeah. like usually those things align, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So like focus exactly. on technique. Yeah. You know, yes, do the strength and conditioning piece. If you're not doing it, please start now. Sure. But Make sure that you find the time to work on technique and everything. Exactly. Else yeah. Yeah. At and, the same time. Yeah. So. Interesting. But it, yeah, if, if if anybody listening to this has a kid playing football, I highly recommend looking up Scott and looking at stuff because you'll be kind of blown away. He's a great teacher too. Like he's good. Yeah. How, how he teaches, he's got great drills that progress real easy. When you take a kid seven, eight years old, teach him very basic stuff, and then get into really, really. Um, like intricate little tricks into, into yeah. blocking and tackling stuff. It's, cool. it's really cool. And is that, is that really primarily what you do now is like small group training and one-on-one training, very, very football specific. Um, do you do general fitness stuff? Too? Yeah, I like, do general fit. Like, so okay. I do like, I, I do my own little boot camp three days a week. And then I do um, some classes for Roper hospital that are, I do uh, three days a week. I do small group personal training for their employees. Okay. And then I do senior fitness twice a week for people in the advantage program. So senior citizens. And then um, I have, uh, you know, some basketball players. And then I'm primarily younger athletes. But I have, you know, football players are 21 years old um, down to – got a girl's basketball player is 10 years old. And a lot of times it's, it's movement-based. Like it's kind of before we do anything really football-specific or basketball, whatever, baseball specific. A lot of it is just the movement stuff. Yeah. How, how they start, how they stop. We can go down that route. How they change direction. Big time. Yeah. How do they land? So, how like do they land? Exactly. Softly, not hard. Can yeah. they hip hinge? Can they squat? Yeah. And then, can they touch you know, your toes? Can they get in a plank position? Like, man, it's yeah. endless. The youth and like the, the, the big one I see all the time is that like when anybody stops real hard and they're not real developed and you're, you know, they, that valgus, the, you know. Knees cave in. Yeah, yep. knees cave in. 
And it's one of those things that you got to correct that to me. You got to correct it immediately because it's putting their, their knees at risk, but also you, you maybe lose. learning a, a bad habit. Like exactly. Going to get really exactly. great and probably really strong great at it and really strong and changing which, it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the big ones is just where, where their, where their knee goes when they stop yep. where and their shin angles, when they change direction, just little things that, um, I never really learned them, but I always change direction. Well, and I think it's because what we were talking about, you, you did different skill sets. You know, growing up, you played different sports and you kind of learn to move. If you're playing enough, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. hundred percent. No, it's, yeah. it's really good stuff, man. Like, yeah. We could go down the whole, like, like when you essentially start training these kids on movement, mm -hmm. like what are the main things that you focus on? Like you said, a hip hinge. Like I, right. I, I come in and man, like I've done a few, like I'll come in and do like a group screening and like the things that I see is like, Holding a plank position. Like yeah, sure. Their yeah, chest yeah, and their back their, arches. Yeah, their hips fall. Yeah, they but, can't touch their toes. They mm. cannot even get in the bottom of the squat without coming up in their heels. Yeah, sure. That, don't even talk to me about a hip hinge. I just try yeah. like a single leg RDL. You know, yeah. and they just do like a hip hinge on one leg. Even yeah. that's difficult. But sure. Yeah. Man, like, um, just getting into youth athletes, I think it's just yeah. hopefully it's going to change. But like, people can start focusing on these things that you focus on. Yeah. It's not the norm. What's that? No, and I hate that. Like, I never want to bring a kid. Like, I feel like half the reason adults, you know, people that try to lose weight or whatever, when they're, they, they hit failure real quick. Like you come in the first day and you can't do half the stuff that's asked to do. And it feels crappy, right? You mm -hmm. know, nobody yeah. wants to be like, Hey, do this. And you go, geez, I can't, you know, it's, it stinks. It's yeah. discouraging not to be able to do it. So a lot of times with a kid, I do a lot of very light, like band work, but you know, the heavy ones that they use in CrossFit, like, um, like a yeah, the big, yeah, big, yeah, big, big, yeah, but with, you know, I'll do them just lateral movement stuff where I'll attach a band horizontally. That's the other big thing. I do a lot of horizontal vector stuff because to me, that's the way we play games. We, you know, we always have a horizontal or a back and forth, not very much vertical work with kids changing direction. So I'll put a very light resistance on them and I'll have them just, uh, you know, if I attach it to a wall or something, right. So they'll, you know, they'll shuffle three or four steps out three or four back. But the idea that they got to overcome, they get resistance out, but then they get that assistance back. If they don't get their body under control, they get yanked back. There's also deceleration. Can exactly. You control? So it's, exactly. Yeah. So if someone's pulling you, I've got to slow it down. Exactly. So yep. what's cool about it is if you put it in a, a light enough resistance that it doesn't really alter their mechanics and it's not going to yank them back to the wall where mm -hmm. when they, you know, when they stretch a band a little bit, they go flung back. That to would the wall. not be good. No. But <laughs> it's cool because I, I can put a kid in a, in a, you know, lateral load or a horizontal load with a band on their waist. Have them shuffle out, you know, three shuffles out, three shuffles back, and just put a line. And say, hey, when you're coming back, I don't want you to cross this line. The first couple of times, they're out over their leg a little bit, and they start to learn. Like, man, I got to get my foot out of my frame a little bit and get my hips down a little bit, and you get my whole foot on the ground where I have some ankle flexion. Yeah. To get my whole foot down, you know, a lot of kids are up on the ball of their foot because oh, yeah, they, you know, all the time they're on the ball of their foot. But it's cool because you put them that band without saying anything. I'll just I'll be like, I'm not even gonna say nothing. Just I just want to watch you move a little bit. Just yeah. don't think about it. Just move. Go. Yeah, yeah. And they'll kind of autocorrect themselves a little bit because it's like, well, it's not working. What I'm doing is not working. I keep kind of tipping over. If I get my butt down a little bit, if I if it's I change way my, to learn. Ship, yeah, yeah, if I change my my angles a little bit, I'll be able to stop better. And that's that's usually what I do right away is to get them moving better. Is mm -hmm. some very light resistance assistance so it's accelerate decelerate so it's that's uh kind of my, like my bread and butter i use that stuff all the time because it's it's safe for the kid and it's it's very functional it's very realistic mm -hmm. 
and they can see a result real quick and just their mechanics and without having to like coach them up and be like, you know, to get really oh, fine tuned. Kidding me? You can talk about the squad, yeah, the exactly. And you, for, for exactly, and you, you'll, you'll end up losing the kid. You know, yeah. the kids got you got five minutes when the kid was ten years old before they're like, Ugh. yeah, you know, they zone you out. So I try and give them some stuff like that and give them some success where they feel like they're getting better. You know, rather than be like, man, you can't do this, you can't do that right now. We got a lot of work. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of trying to encourage them to start. But just that movement stuff, like I said, it's, it's minor stuff, but just little things. I'm always with with kids. Like if you have a narrow base, you you got no power. If you got a really wide base, you can't move. So the, with football players, I'm big on a lot of like if it's lateral movement, it's six inch powerful steps. It's it's not big, huge, click your heels. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's small movements, controlled movements, and football is a little different because it's controlled aggression. A lot of kids are aggressive. And they're not under control. I'm like, I, yeah, you know, just I don't, leaving their feet jumping. Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, I don't care if you're strong, you know, if you're fast as a freight train, and I step out of the way, and you can't stop and come, you know, I'm like, it's, it's no good. Yeah, yeah, it's no good. So that's cool. I like that you make it really relatable to their specific sports. Yeah, like that, yeah. You know, but I mean, when you think about it, though, other than got to get by it. You know? Yeah, and, but other than, um, I mean, basically, you know, baseball is a little more of a slow paced sport and a lot more hand up. But in terms of basketball, soccer, football. Like all the lacrosse, all the, all the lateral movement, the start stop. Like, how can you know? I don't, you know, the 40 is great and all that, but to me, I'm like, how can you run 10 stop and get back to top speed? Change 10 more yards, change direction. Yeah, so there's a lot more things that would go into it. Yeah. If I were evaluating, we could do a whole but, podcast just on that and make sure, stuff yeah. like that. You know, yeah. that stuff's cool. Yeah. Man, we're, we're, we're just, Running through this stuff so quick. Yeah. I'm going to just run through some Spitfire stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. little, you know, yeah. fun little things that uh, I kind of ask everyone. So, yeah. um, what are you best at? Best at? Period. Period. What are you best at? You know, like I said, I ask everybody. I mean, you could be in the, in the lens Cooking. of coaching. I'm a good cook. I'm a good cook. You're a good cook? I'm actually a real good cook. Okay, gotcha. Got that in the fire department. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what do you suck at? Nothing. Uh, no. Good at everything. Uh, running, like long distance running. Okay. Suck. No, yeah. not not your wheelhouse. Not my wheelhouse. Yeah. No. Five k, like if I break thirty in a five k. Yeah, yeah. Short, quick. Yeah. Right. That's, that's football it. right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you've trained your entire life. Um, what's the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? If you could, you know what I mean. Obviously, change your some diet. Time. I would say change your diet. We didn't talk yeah. about that at all. I'd say change the way we eat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely the lowest hanging fruit. Definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like if ever, yeah. If if you're being very broad. Yeah, pick one thing. A, yeah, yeah. Change absolutely. the way we eat. Um, the other question I asked people, I already forgot because we went down so many awesome rabbit holes. Is the if you have a healthy person and you kind of picture what that looks like, like. What are those qualities that every healthy person has? Or like, you know, what's the definition of a healthy person? Like in your opinion, yeah. you know, in light of the stuff we talk about, or just in your general experience, like, again, I just kind of ask everybody, I like what their definition of yeah, health is. Yeah, of healthy. I yeah. mean, to me, like, if I look at myself, how am I healthy? Like, because I have some orthopedic issues, but to yeah. me, it's my... But you can still be healthy despite yeah, that, Yeah, right? but, but everything, faith, family, finances, fitness, like... I never thought of that, but there's four F's for you. Heck yeah. You just point that. You got to take that and run with it. Yeah, right. Family, finances, Finances, fitness. fitness. Like not all of them. But to me, like I always think of stuff like um, you can go into like most business, you know, really 
successful business people and they got like a Vince Lombardi quote on the wall and you're like, wow, Vince Lombardi. That guy had a pretty rough life where you're like, okay, the guy died of, he, he had cancer that was treatable that he basically refused to treat because he was so laser focused on football. His wife was an alcoholic and his kids didn't like him. I'm like, if that's success, I don't want it. Like, right. you know what I mean? Where I'm mm-hmm. like, so to me, there's gotta be some balance there. Like, you can't be so laser focused on something. To me, that's not healthy. So yeah. when I look at a healthy person, they have some balance. That seems to bleed in all the you things know? you've just talked about. Like, yeah. You can't just focus on this one thing, whether it's strength yeah. or whether it's whatever. Like sure. it's got to be. Yeah. And like, uh, I never know. Like I read some stuff on Vince Lombardi. I'm like, wow, you know. I did not know any of that. Yeah, no. exactly. Because no you idea. would think, wow, the guy really had to figure it figured out. And I'm like, man, he won football games with me. I don't, I don't care about that when I'm sure, when you know, on my deathbed. I don't, I right. don't want my kids telling me they don't like me. Right. That'd be pretty, I'd consider myself a failure. Right. I'd like so, to, that should be first and everything exactly. else will come after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So to me, it'd be bal- you know, balance between those That's awesome. four Fs I said. Yeah, 100%. All right. Now I just got some fun ones. What's, these, are, right. these are easy. Uh, what's your walkout song? My walkout song. You come song. out to the field. Uh, you're about to play. Juicy. juicy yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my good. Yeah. Beast yeah. Oh, Juicy. Yeah. That's yeah. a great song. Oh 100%. yeah. Okay. Best rap song ever. Heck yeah. I, I, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Your uh, favorite cartoon? Favorite cartoon. It can be present. It can be past. You know, for a second, favorite cartoon. There's just so many good ones. I agree. Man, I'm trying to. I used to be. I used to like. You remember the Karate Cat? You're probably you're younger than me, but you remember Karate Cat? Yeah, Karate Cat. Karate Cat. Okay. It was a flash in the pan, though. (laughs) Like a year, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember. No, yeah, right. I was thinking of like uh, there was a Karate Dog. Hong Kong Fooey or something like that. You remember uh, that? No, I, I oh man, Karate Cat. Okay, Karate Cat, like it. So, if you wouldn't have been um, a fitness professional, what do you think you would have been? I think what I would have done um, federal law enforcement, really, like FBI or okay. something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had a guy on the podcast who's actually we're not a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy. Yeah, coach now here on in CrossFit Discovery. Oh, really? He's a former. Uh, Never yeah, been. Wow. Yeah. He's also much introduced you to me too. Yeah, guy. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that's what I just didn't want to move around. I moved around a lot as a kid. My wife was a Navy brat. So okay. I loved it here when I first moved here. I was like, man, I, the idea of being in whatever, Washington state or something. And two years later, being said, I couldn't. Yeah. My couldn't wife is an Air Force brat. Oh yeah. That's funny. They say Navy brat and Air Force. That's like, yeah, every right. time she introduces to... herself, she says the same thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, I'm like, yeah. Again. Interesting. Yeah. Did it once. I'm over it. Yeah. The uh, last TV show you watched? Last TV show I watched was uh, The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor. Okay. I don't even know that show. Interesting. Good show. Okay. Last book you read? Last book I read. Oh, man. What was that? Um, I'm not going to be able to think of this book, and I just read it. Um, what was it about? It was about a guy. It was Charleston. A guy came to Charleston with a... Um, he wanted to prove that you could come with like, he, he came with uh, his backpack and 25 bucks to see if he could like make something of himself in a certain amount of time. Loose change, uh, th- loose change. That's what loose called. change. Interesting. Yeah. It was okay. really cool. It was, the cool thing, I, I kind of was, uh, I looked at it because I was like, oh, it's based in Charleston. The guy put 25, yeah. 25 places in a hat, pulled one out, said, all right, I'm going with a backpack and a tarp. And Is this a true story? Back. True story. 25 bucks and see what I can, what, what I can make of it in a certain amount of time. And it was, it was cool. But when, cool was it? I, when was it set in? Like not long ago, probably okay. in the last five years, maybe. That's cool. I might I have to I, get that. I hope I'm saying that loose change is right. 
It's something. I'll like look that. it up That's, and link to the yeah. show notes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I can't. Sure. It's driving me crazy. I can't think of it now. Yeah. It was cool because he, he like went to Crisis Ministries on Meeting Street and stayed there all the time. We used to go to the fire department like nightly. Yeah. We'd be there. So it's kind of. All the places I was at earlier in my career in the fire department, I was like, "Oh yeah, man. look, I've been there. Oh, yeah, there all the time. Yeah. That's always cool when you read yeah. something, you know, the, the great, was it the great Santini or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You'd be like, yeah. oh, I've seen that place, yeah. you know, like yeah, um, for sure, Charleston set. Uh, where last question, where can yeah. people find out more about you if they want to kind of, you know, learn more, or like you know, set up a session, whatever? Where, yeah, where would they go? Um, shoot, they could um either friend me on Facebook. I'm, I don't care. They're welcome okay. to do that. Yeah. And I also have um, Hall of Fame Solutions is me and my dad's LLC. That we, okay. do, we do fitness bands, the high schools and stuff like that. And our, our website is hof-solutions.com. Okay. And it's, we just, um, we have fitness bands on there, uh, but then just contact information that if they, if they wanted to train, um, they're welcome to contact me that way. So, gotcha. and we also have our Facebook pages, HOF solutions. Okay. Uh, gotcha. All solutions. Gotcha. So you're, you're basically just word of mouth with some of your just clientele. Yeah. And really it's one, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I've had, um, kids at Fort Dorchester, like the first high school kid I had is now graduating from NC state. Hopefully okay. he'll play in the NFL. I hope he's a real good kid, local kid. Cool. Um, Dre Bryan, real, real nice kid. He's the first high school kid I trained that. And then word of mouth up. Just start with a new kid from Fort Dorchester yet, you know, where it's just that's you the know. best way, man. Like you just yeah, get the right kind of exactly. clientele yeah. and they kind of respond in the process. Exactly. And you hope they get the results. You know, you yep. want to make them better football players, but yep. you know, but get them better, like I said, at their technique. You know, a lot of times they come to me. And just a better human from what yeah, I can tell, sure. man. Yeah. Like that's I mean, is cool. But the cool thing is like I just start remember missing tackles or something in high school and them being like, You missed a tackle, and I'm like, you know, you're like, dang, yeah, I missed a tackle. And then I'm like, well, Nobody, not, man, that's not saying anything bad about my coaches. I had great coaches, but it wasn't like, Hey, you know why you missed that tackle? Let's look what you did with your head. Let's look what your feet yeah. did. Let's look what you do with your arms. You wrap them up. You just need to run faster. Yeah. It was just like, like you hit them harder. And I'm yeah. like, well, that can't be the answer. Like there's yeah. gotta be a reason. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's cool. when I get these kids now. They're like, ah, what, you know, I'm like, what kind of how you shot me? What are you good at? What are you bad at? And I'll say, what's the best part of your game? What's the worst part of your game? Mm -hmm. Why do you think you, you struggle with that part of your game? And a lot of times, like, well, I, you know, I miss a lot of tackles. I'm like, okay, well, well, let's look at your technique. And then it's like, yeah. shoot, they're correctable things, man. You, and it's it's cool because I can see some progress. Yeah, connecting the dots, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I do a lot of things. Same thing with our athletes. People for do sure. like an ACL yeah. tear or something like that. It's like, you know, I, I get a chance to do that. I would yeah. love to work with them before that happens. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, get rid of some of these non-contact ACL injuries, which are just rampant right now. Mm -hmm. But. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, right. Day. But yeah. all you're going to do is like one, hopefully one athlete at a time. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, get some buy-in and hopefully change some mechanics and yeah, make man. them perform a little better too. Yep. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks this for having me on. That's fun. Yeah. It's a blast, man. Like sometimes an hour is just not enough. Yeah. Right. I've got to, yeah, I've got to cut it <laughs> off. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better healthcare and fitness is a, and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you want to leave some comments, I like critique. To find out more, um, you can also check us out at madetomovept.com. Thanks so much. See you later.